When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right. We do have some questions because people knew Robert Tiffin was coming on and they said, heck yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brett at DLG FTW says Ooh, five quick points. <laughs> this is good. One, that's enough Hanley. Two, that's enough Hakepa. Three, one of Marchman's worst games with Dallas. Four, Nick was the better Robertson. Five, why is Miro seem to be playing 80-90% of all power play time while Harley sits? I will hand it over to you, sir. Uh, well, the, to take the last point first, I'm I'm pretty sure that Miro played... Uh, I mean, he's he's there on the first unit. Harley's been yeah. lately been on the second. But I, I think Harley was still getting... He, he still played. They had, what, six and change, seven minutes yeah. total in the power play. And I think Harley still played two or three minutes in the power play. So, I mean, he's, he's solidly getting those second-pairing minutes that Ryan Suter was getting last year. Um, and that's, that's good. That feels appropriate. That seems right. So, uh, I, that, I don't, I don't, I think, uh, I think Brad needs to get his facts straight on, on question number yeah. five. Um, interested to see though, with Haskin and not playing on the kill, if they try to make that switch to slow down the momentum from the other teams, it's yeah. a lot of minutes. It's, it is a lot of minutes, but again, these are, now's the time, right? I mean, we saw it with Haskin yeah. and when he first came up five years, no, seven years ago, Whew six, seven years ago in that, uh, or wait, it was 1819, uh, sorry, 1819 season. He was playing tons of minutes right away because because Jim Montgomery and then Rick Bonus and years after saw he could handle him. And Harley so far is showing he can handle it. He gets into overtime, he's still got gas, right? He, he can still go. So as long as he shows he can do it, I think if you're Pete DeBoer, especially given the other options you have, you you keep going to that. I still like the idea of keeping Haskin and off the PK more or less just because that's not really... You know, he's great, right? His his IQ and his skating is great, but the PK is the one area that skating isn't necessarily as crucial. So why not why not save him some some wear and tear and save him for you know the last two and a half minutes of the game when you want him out there yeah. the entire time if you're trailing or if you're winning for that matter? No, absolutely. Uh Christopher DeHardy at C DeHardy as penalty kill more like penalty life. Gotta work on keeping the pucks out. When they've got the one-man advantage, great to see Dodonov get two goals tonight. You know, I didn't bring that up. That's a great point, Christopher. I thought as though the Leafs had some really good chances when the Stars were on the power play. They had the, they had that one power play after it was 2-2 where yeah. they had three chances on the same yeah. power play. I think Wedgwood made a save on Matthews on a two-on-one with Marner, I think it was. Right. And Matthews is right in the doorstep. And Wedgwood made the save, but he was like facing the half wall when he made the save. He was turned like <laughs> sideways, but yeah. made the save. So that was the moment, right, as a fan where you kind of think, oh, man, maybe it's their night. Maybe, okay, all right, finally, this is the time when we finally turn Toronto on its head, uh, but no such luck. 
Yeah, absolutely. The other one, and it's one thing to get a scoring chance, but on one of those three, they kept it in the zone too. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not, it's not good when they're getting zone time against yeah. you, you know, two on four or whatever. That's doing cycles with a man down. Yeah, that shouldn't be happening <laughs> when they're just playing pong with four guys in the middle. That's not good. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Donov deserves some credit though. I'm glad he yes. shouted him out because the goals were great. But also, man, having a piece like him on effectively the fourth line yeah. is so – I mean, we talked for years about the Stars needing more depth and needing more scoring and needing another scoring line. And now we're in a situation where he's he's got 12 goals, right? 12 goals. Yeah. Uh, Tavares, you know, has who's making, you know, what, $10 million a year? $11 million, has 15 goals, right, after yeah. one tonight. So he's right in, nipping at the heels of Tavares. And he's older than Tavares, too, Dodonov is. And right, he's and a very good salary, too. Great, great deal. You know, great yeah. guy. Tons of speed. That first goal that he scored uh, just oh. off the wing, turning McCabe, right? Again, Jake McCabe, big, big player in this game. But he turned him inside out with a beautiful move that most fourth liners, you know, you'll see him try, but they're never going to execute. But he's good enough. He's got the skill to do it. And that's that's a huge yeah. luxury for the Stars to have. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the positives of this team is the forward depth, whereas you have a Dodonoff on the fourth line, you have a Delandria that, you know, sits or like tonight, a, a Smith that sits. Um, so you have depth and oh, yeah, if you have a couple of injuries, you have a couple of guys down in the AHL that are doing pretty good. So, you know, if you needed to and you could find the salary space, you could call one of them up and wow. Um, I think stars fans would be excited about that too. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind, kind of interesting. All right. Croy, Corey D tweet says, Gavin, we need more pep in your steps, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that was based on my tweet tonight. Um, you know, <sighs> saying, and, uh, you know, it's hey, one of those, hey, you've been called out. You've been called out. Been right? called out you know? I mean, he's not blaming the loss all on you, but it, he's not, not doing that either. It sounds like. He, he did like my follow-up tweet, just being real. I tweeted earlier in a very kind way that they yeah. weren't going to win tonight. I'm not going to homer this thing up. Some call it negative. I call it real. <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things where I'm trying to toe the line. I'm just being absolutely real here. I'm mm-hmm. trying to toe the line of being fair and being honest because I think that's why people like this podcast without sounding overly negative. And I think that's a fine line because sometimes when you say some criticisms, people think, well, you're a hater. And it's like, no, I'm just trying to like be real and, and give you my thoughts. The the other thing I think that you could put in the positive category, I mean, Pete DeBoer isn't going to hear it, but uh, you know, you're going in this, this back-to-back right off the break, right? There's some rust and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you know, you go 500, right? You take two points out of the road trip. These are Eastern Conference teams, right? Who who really cares how many points they get? Yeah. It's not it's not like the Stars are going to be facing the Leafs in the playoffs. Let's let's right. be real here. Um, it's it's if you're going to go, you know, 500, yeah, do it on a back to back. You know, it would have been gravy, right? If they'd gotten anything out of this game tonight, and and it's frustrating. It's that much more frustrating because they could have, they really could have, if the PK had had just helped them out, or for that matter, if the power play had scored another goal. Um, but all things considered, you know, they fixed their start, right? That's one thing that's been said a lot in the, the game against Buffalo yesterday, right? Their start was abysmal in the first period in, in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, credit to them. They came out really strong in this one against a really good team um, and, and looked really good and, you know, didn't, didn't go their way, especially on the PK and that quick 20-second, you know, burst of two goals. But there's yeah. 
there's good to take out of this, even though the coaches, you know, can't afford to really stop and focus on the good. I think it's worth as a fan kind of looking at the bigger picture a little bit and saying, you know, you've been asking for the team to show a lot of things and, and they showed some of that tonight. There's other stuff they showed you didn't like, but they, right. they did show that they can, they can crank it up in the first against good teams. And that's not nothing. Yeah. And I understand, um, like when some someone tweeted wasn't really a question, but they said if this if the stars, you know, losing to the Leafs mean that the Leafs will once again be embarrassed in April, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm paraphrasing. But only thing I'm gonna say, and they very well could get an exit in the first round. That said, I don't want to play this team in the playoffs. No. No. <laughs> like it's just I understand the history and I understand everything, but this is a team that could go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not saying they will, but they are dangerous. Like, this is a team that you just look up and down, and you look at some of the vets on defense, the question's goaltending. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, you know, who knows? But, you know, they're there, and they have a lot of firepower. It'll it'll depend on how far their best players can get them. Yes. And their best players are really good. But, you know, as Connor McDavid showed for, for years, right, you can have an amazing, and Leon Dreisaitl, to be fair, you can have a fantastic, you can have the very best players at the top of your lineup, two of the top five players in the world in, in at the top of your lineup. Um, and Austin Matthews is in that group too. Uh, you can have those players there, but they can only drag you so far. And and the Leafs especially, you know, there are a lot of questions in goaltending, right? Samsonov looks okay right now. But he was, you know, on the verge of he had they gave him like a mental break, right, to just reset his game completely because they were ready to wave him and everything. Mm -hmm. um, they, there's there's been a lot of questions. The defense is, you know, veteran, but it also, you know, doesn't have. They've got Morgan Riley, and then they've got a lot of other, you know, reliable pieces and guys who've gotten banged up and stuff. And Timothy Lilgren, who, you know, is always kind of in. He's kind of their Niels Lindquist that the coaches always seems to be looking for a reason to to scratch so they've got their flaws too but uh yeah the, they're just about the last team i would want to face uh especially because it seems like you know the spotlight shines really brightly when you're playing Toronto heck yeah Warriors. yeah yeah we don't need that no two more questions for robert uh carson moore checks in and he says why does the club coaching insist on scratching nils i understand he makes mistakes but i feel like his mistakes rarely directly lead to ga goals against mm -hmm. meanwhile i watch yanni consistently making similar mistake to nils that do lead to goals yanni's misplay of the pk today cost them a point so i think they have different roles i'll just say that carson but i'll also let uh robert take it from here as far as the nils versus hanley yeah my my guess this is purely a guess but my guess is that the coaches are thinking, I mean, it's it's pretty common, right? They put Delandria into, I mean, they scratched Craig Smith, right? Which hasn't mm -hmm. which has happened this season, but it hasn't happened a lot. But um, I think they kind of they wanted to get some players into the game after the All-Star break. I think they they I think that was their plan uh going into going into this this set was these guys in this night and then the rest of the lineup on the second game, just to like have a you know, they, they already had a week off. And they don't want guys to have even more than that sitting both nights. So I suspect that was kind of the plan all along was to make sure everyone got got one of these games. Um, and I also kind of suspect that they had a little bit of uh, nerves around playing Lundqvist, who is, you know, the defensive side of his game is the one that gets talked about the most. Um, 
that they had a little bit of nerves around playing him against a top tier offensive team, you know, or at least the top offensive players of Toronto. So I think it was in some ways a, 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 they're looking for a way to protect Niels a little bit and, and mm -hmm. set him up for success against Buffalo. Um, and then they're also thinking, well, Hanley is, you know, he's been kind of the go-to guy in the playoffs. He can handle playing these good teams in these tough games with a lot of pressure. So let's put him in and see how he does. And, you know, the penalty was unfortunate. He didn't play a lot of minutes. I mean, yeah. Look, the defense is what it is at this point. It is yeah. what it is. So the change needs to happen for everyone to agree it's going to be top tier championship uh, type defense. But I'll say this. If they do go deep in the playoffs with this defense, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be really cool. And there will be some players who will really, really deserve a lot of credit for stepping up because that's what it'll take. And you know what? Players have surprised them before. I mean, who who had John Klingberg getting in fights with Matthew Kachuk going right. into that Calgary series a couple years ago, right? So things can change in the playoffs and players can surprise you. So I yeah. I agree that, yes, Hawkenpaw doesn't seem like he has too many surprises left in the bag. But for that matter, it doesn't seem like, you know, after a year and a half, Lundqvist has has a next level to his game that he's right on the cusp of just yet. So either change is going to come from somewhere else or one of the guys in-house is going to surprise you. Either way, it'll be interesting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we saw Thomas Harley come up and be effective last year, but that was a Thomas Harley that was the number one defenseman on the Texas Stars, playing a lot of minutes, getting a lot of leadership quality, learning from veterans like Curtis McKenzie um, down in Cedar Park. Wild card, he might not be ready. Um, but, you know, rather than go out and spend a first-round pick, I mean, if it's a mid-round pick, okay, unless you're getting someone with, a you know, maybe a year left like a Carlson. But Bixel, it's interesting. It well, might be too early. It might be. It also depends on, like, playoffs for him and stuff, too. And yeah. also, I mean, I, I, I just kind of reading the tea leaves, as much as the stars are always going to say, you know, yes, we knew this was always a possibility. I don't, well, I don't even think you have to read tea leaves. I think it was pretty clear the stars would have preferred for him to be in Cedar Park where they yes. can drive down on an off day and watch him play. Yeah. Uh, so this is not ideal for them. So uh, they just, they can't see his development as closely, which means there will be less of a comfort level for them first and foremost in throwing him into a situation like the end of the season in the playoffs. Whereas with Harley, they could see every day, you know, of course they can always look at tape, but there's something different from being able to talk to your coaches, yeah. right? In your different organization eyes too. and tell yeah, me where is he at? Yeah. Yep. Different ice, right? Different size, uh, just knowing he can handle that sort of dynamic and that pressure. Um, so I'd, I'd be pretty shocked. I, I, with Harley, it was very clear that they have this mission to accomplish his defensive play in a couple of specific areas. They want to right. shore that up, play him on the penalty kill and just force him to, to be a really strong defenseman from, from the back end on out. And it's just been amazing, right? With Bixel, I think there's a little bit more cooking that they still want to see as good yep. as he is. And even if it's happening, they're not going to be seeing it as firsthand. So I wonder about their comfort level more than I wonder about his development. Yeah. Are you at the point? I'm kind of at the point. I talked to Sean uh, about this the other day on Spits and Suds that I personally want those three to be in Dallas. Not like right now, but I'm saying I don't want to trade those pieces. I need I need to see them. I, at this yeah. point, I'm seeing 
and hearing too many good things. I just don't think it's worth mortgaging the future, even if that means an exit. I get it. But to me, that's your future. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I, just, I, I need to keep them. That's my that's me. Unless you're giving me something that unless you're giving me a new and but even that new and I mean, they were so close. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, we were talking about this before we went on the air. That's Craig. Craig brought that up in the podcast when new and entered the room. It was almost like everyone stood at attention. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was like, here we go. Let's go. So I know the current players don't care about prospects coming up. They want to win now, especially the Jamie Benz and Tyler Sagans as they, you know, get up there in years or the, even the Pavelskis and the Duchesnes. Mm-hmm. But just, just a thought. I mean, I just don't want to kill yeah. what looks to be a bright future. No, and that's good asset management. That's good. Jim Nill, one, one of the things I always give him a lot of credit for is that as much as he's, you know, decided to be more aggressive at some times and, and you know, acquire a rental player, I mean, Matt Zuccarello, mm-hmm. right? Um, there have been other times where he's made it really clear that he's not a GM who's not planning to be here in three years, right? So who cares about that pick? I won't be around for that and for us not to have that pick anyway. So yeah. it's not going to affect my job. You know, he's been with the Stars you know, over a decade now. And, and that takes, frankly, it just takes a lot of integrity to, to manage an organization that way. It takes a lot of trust, takes a lot of confidence in, in, from ownership, but he's borne that out, right? They've, they've really turned around. I mean, think of the prior 10 years before he came here. And then the next 10 years, it's been night and day in a lot of ways. Um, you know, a couple good years in that kind of, you know, uh, 03 to 2013 period. But overall, it, you know, it's been a lot more fun in the last decade. And I think he's, I mean, he's even said it. And actually what's even more noteworthy is that Pete DeBoer said it in a post-game conference a few games back that he's excited about the guys, or maybe it was a morning scan. I can't remember. It was an interview and DeBoer mentioned specifically about Stankoven and Maverick Bork down in Cedar Park about he, how he, yeah, we've been really healthy, which, you yeah. know, is kind of a bad thing in some ways because we'd love to see those guys and give them a chance. And it's rare that you see a coach talk about how he'd love to see the, the, the kids down in the AHL come up and play because normally he's focused on the guys who are there. So I think right. that tells us that that they really want it too. They want these kids. They love these players and they want to know exactly what they have because they might need them in the playoffs, right? If you get a couple injuries, they would be the next guys up and you'd like to know what you have. You know, there's only 30 games left in the season or so. Uh, yeah. You, you want to know what you've got. It's not quite a Harley situation where they've gotten a little taste already of the NHL. These are, these are, you know, younger players. They're not big players either. Right. So that's a question mark still that right. we kind of forget about with all their numbers that these are, these are not big players. So that's always going to be a question mark for coaches. Can they handle the NHL? Yeah. Uh, and finally, as far as the questions, uh, Chris Barnard asks, when you see games like this, does it give you pause in lieu of the postseason and the potential opponents the Stars may face? I'm not concerned about their depth, but rather their ability to battle adversity and play in physical contests. Is my eyeball test off? Robert may have a different opinion. Um, I don't think, although people might disagree with you, Chris, I would say uh, my eyeballs, you know, are certainly headed in that direction as well. I am questioning physicality as the shrink, as the rink shrinks in the playoffs. Um, That said, I do think the stars have the ability to be more physical, whether they want to do it as another situation. Um, we had, we did see in the playoffs last year, they were physical, especially, you know, against Minnesota. That was a very physical series. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I think it all depends on the matchup. Uh, if it ended today and let's say the stars stay in first, they 
play St. Louis. And I think that's a very good matchup for the Stars. I think Winnipeg's a good matchup for the Stars, despite them having Hellebuck and, you know, some other great players. I don't think Colorado's a good matchup. And I don't know about you, Robert, but haven't been a fan of the Nashville games this year either. So I think there are some, you know, there. It, I really do think it depends. Like, all right, let's see who they play. I mean, but the good news is, is we know unless there's just a catastrophic collapse that this team is going to be in the top three. Yep. And, you know, think back to last year, they, in a lot of ways, you know, they got great opponents. They didn't finish the season in first place, but they played Minnesota and Seattle. And a lot of people wouldn't have even had Seattle making the playoffs at the start of last season. Um, So to get Seattle in the second round, you know, you, you would say that's a charmed, you know, path to, to the Stanley cup playoffs, right. Or the Stanley cup final, right. To get a team like Seattle in second round and that series went seven games. So you, you can't ever really, you know, be sure about how a series is going to go. Cause by the time you get to the playoffs, a, you know, the trade deadline has come and gone. And so some changes have happened and B, like you said, things change when, when the playoffs start, some things are the same, right? I think broadly speaking, a team that's really good in the regular season doesn't become a terrible team in the playoffs, but some weaknesses that they were able to cover with other areas, maybe, maybe it's harder to cover over those areas because they're playing good teams every night now. This isn't a case where they can drop some points against good teams and make them up against some mediocre teams. You're playing a good team every night in those series. Yeah. Um, and I think the stars match up well with with most teams. That's one of the advantage of them is that they're not they're not quite like a New Jersey team where they're really built on speed to to the degree where that uh, a couple injuries really kind of hurts them a lot and slows them down. They can play a lot of different types of teams. But yeah, I, I don't think Colorado is an ideal matchup for them. And, and in terms of physicality, I mean, it's like we've seen with Vegas last year and even this year. Um, Vegas has size, but, you know, as Mason Marchman or, or even, you know, Hockenpah will show you, size is great if you're standing next to the crease mm-hmm. battling for a puck. That's great. And you need players like that at that time. But size is a lot less useful if you can't gap up, right? If you're a defenseman, if you have to keep a really big gap because you're too slow and you know the guy could blow by you, so you have to keep a big gap and that gives him more space when entering the zone. If you can't close down or you can't catch up or back check fast enough to use your size, then it's not really as much of an advantage. Any more than Niels Lundqvist's great shot is a big advantage if he can't create good shooting lanes to use it. Yeah, I, I think they, you know, if they can, some grittiness, that uh, would be a nice addition as well. And I think Domi added that last year in the playoff run. And I actually think Dodonov worked really well in the corners too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's strong. Europe. He's re- he's sneaky strong. That's true. Absolutely. I wanted to end on a positive note tonight um, and give a lot of credit to the stars organization. Today was national girls and women in sports day. And throughout the day on Twitter, the stars highlighted um, several of North Texas young ladies who are thriving in the sport of hockey and they have thrived based on the Dallas stars and coming to town and the various rinks and Allie Simpson who plays for Colgate was certainly one of them um, as she looks to play women's uh, professional hockey. And then there was a great story and I'm not saying it for self-promotion of spits and suds, but one of the things that we try to do is spread the game Um, as far as learning and just spreading the great game of hockey and DFW. And one of the interviews we did last year was of Hannah Bilka. Hannah is of Capel and a great um, listener and supporter of youth hockey. Tanner Wilson actually gave me the heads up and she was playing for Boston College. I reached out to Boston College 
Um, Hannah joins us. And after the interview, uh, she was great. And she was a massive Dallas Stars fan. I wrote a nice email to the Dallas Stars and said, you have a woman that is playing for Team USA. How great would it be to feature Hannah, like have her in the stands with a USA sweater and just have her featured um, so that young girls in the audience can see, wow, I can be like that to do. Uh, too well today hannah was featured and she'll be featured on the scoreboard so massive stick tap to the dallas stars for following up and they did a great seven minute piece on the rise of hannah from capel to playing in dallas leagues with boys to to playing for shattuck in minnesota to going to boston college for playing for team usa and the olympics and the world championships to now playing at ohio state finishing um her career and she will be uh, one of the top draft picks in women's hockey uh, next year. So kudos to the stars for highlighting um, some of these young ladies on such a wonderful day. So Robert, you are a beast. I want everyone to fall Robert Tiffin at Robert Tiffin. You always do great things, man. Love promoting your stuff. And thank you for joining us tonight, man. Really, really appreciate uh, your breakdown despite the loss. I don't know what your win loss record is, as far as coming on spits and suds, but as far as I'm concerned, unless someone can go back. No, I don't want to see those analytics. No, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so your counterpart, David Castillo, will join us next week. Any dirt you'd like to throw his way, sir? Uh, he, he, uh, still owes me some tacos. I'm pretty sure he said he was going to make me some tacos and I'm still waiting. So, uh, you know, certain Ridiculous. point, a guy has to just decide to fend for himself and just go get some barbecue or something. So. Uh, yeah, there's, there's no doubt. There's, yeah. there's no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, man's got to have a code, and if you promise tacos, you got to find tacos. So. I mean, things happen when you come on spits and suds. You know, Hannah Bilka, Sean Shapiro is now a big movie star. I mean, these things happen. <laughs> <you know? laughs> well, thank you once again. Always great uh, for Thanks, you Gavin. to join the post game shows. So for Robert Tiffin, I'm Gavin Spittle. Just a heads up, we'll talk to two time Stanley Cup winner. Craig Ludwig, and we'll share some laughs. I uh, went out to the alumni game and watched Craig play. So uh, we will talk to Craig tomorrow about this back-to-back, -back, um, as well as a bunch of other things with your uh, favorite Luds and one of your favorite all-time Dallas stars. That'll be tomorrow on Spits and Suds right here on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great night, everyone.